What was that conversation like for you two to do that prior to surgery? It was an easy conversation to technically go through, but it was a difficult conversation from an emotional standpoint because in the back of your mind, it keeps reiterating that. What if? What if? What is financial sobriety? Well, first, I'm Jim Gebhardt. Oh, I'm Matthew Grishman. That's good. We should introduce ourselves. And this podcast is all going to be about three relationships that really, when you stop and you think about them, you don't think they go together. But it's your relationship you have with money. It's the relationship you have with people who mean the most to you. And ultimately, the relationship you have with yourself. So I might imagine that those three relationships are somewhat wrapped together. That when one gets a little out of whack, perhaps it has an effect on the others. Stick around and you'll find out. You left us with a huge cliffhanger last week. I know. When we finished up the last show. But before we get into that cliffhanger, we got some important business to take care of. Okay. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful our daughter Emily is home for a few days. She had a lot of choices in terms of how she could have spent her spring break. And she chose to spend half of it with uh, the family. And she's hanging out with some friends up here in... Sacramento and Davis today, and it was a blast coming up with her in the car. We even had her here in the studio a little bit prior to this very official recording session we're having right now. <laughs> and it is just, you know, it's a treat. It, when they're off at school, you don't, you know, you, you don't get the hugs. You don't get the, the slow conversations. You don't get to chew through some stuff like, what are you thinking about this summer? What are you thinking about after school or these kinds of things because they're just more check-in, you know, phone calls and FaceTime. So it was quite uh, quite delicious to have Emily home for a few days. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, brother. How about you, Ace? What are you grateful for today? Because you're still part of this conversation in this episode. There's not a day that I'm not grateful for getting up, and I sincerely mean that. When you go through such a, a health scare as I had, going to bed at night is is wishful thinking for the next morning. And so that's the first part. And the second part is that I really get to do what I do post-operation. No guarantee that you're going to be able to continue doing what you've enjoyed doing most of your life. And again, I sincerely mean that sitting here with you guys is something I thoroughly enjoy. Absolutely love it. So I'm grateful for the ability to be able to do that on a regular basis. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, brother. I've got a couple things I'm grateful for today. I am incredibly grateful that the minute Emily got out of your car... She sprinkled in front of me my favorite drug of choice. She gave me an opportunity for some impulse spending today. She tempted fate with me today, and I love when that happens now. Because what she reminded me of that I, well, not reminded me because I didn't know this, but she shared with me as soon as she got out of the car that she gets a 40% discount at one of my favorite athleisure wear companies. And boy, I would have expected to feel a lot more temptation to get right on that app on my phone and buy something right oh, it's now. Uh, it, wait a second. It's still early. I mean, it's early in the day. You just heard this like 20 minutes ago. There is plenty of time <laughs> for you to step on a landmine <laughs> and blow like 380 bucks today on a pair of shorts. There is. But how did it used to work for me? It was impulse. Yeah. I, I wasn't a weight on stuff kind of guy. Oh, it was this 10, right 10, now. 10 thing is really kicking in. Well, it's like becoming second nature. And I'm just, I'm grateful for that little test that I got to have today because Emily unknowingly flashed in front of me my drug of choice and all of the work that we've been doing over these years 
I got to see the results of that work. I was not tempted to go do something right now about it like I used to. You don't think any of that is the stage of life that we're in where it's kind of like, you know, less is more? Oh, I think that very much is. Oh, okay. But that... Because to me, it's kind of like, eh, more stuff. Well, but it's like the, the, the new truck, right? I've, I've got a lease on my truck that's coming up in July, and old me would have already traded it in for something brand new. And we're going to do something a little different this time. True. We're going to sell it and get you a bicycle. <laughs> That'd be a good idea, but I already have two of those. So we don't need a new bicycle. Well, if we strap them together, there's four wheels. There's your car. Perfect. Now you just got to get a motor on it. We're going to buy the truck. We're going to drive the wheels off it. I don't know if that's, maybe it is perhaps a little bit of time, but I also think it's a big part of this journey that we're on, that with time, with this journey, and getting very clear on what matters most to me through a process we call the Clarity Compass has helped me align my financial resources with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to me. Your discipline muscle is well-developed now. It's getting better. I can still have those moments, but today was a test, and it didn't affect me the way I thought maybe it would have. Wonderful. And it was awesome. It was very cool. We'll see what happens tomorrow, though. There's always tomorrow. I could always go do this tomorrow, like you said. So I'm grateful for that today. But there's a lovely barrier is you can't do it directly. Oh, I got to have Emily be my gatekeeper. Yes. There you go. Well, I can also be pretty persuasive to get people to do what I want them to do. As long as you go through Emily. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a lovely little opening for gratitude. And like I kind of started to say, you, you left us with a pretty good cliffhanger last time. And, oh, yeah. You know, we had this amazing conversation. Jeff, uh, I'm so grateful for your willingness to get on microphone and be vulnerable. It brought me back to one of the very first interactions you and I had. You had an opportunity to speak in front of a large audience, and I'll never forget what that experience was, helping you get vulnerable and be able to tell a pretty personal, painful story. And just watching that evolution of how much more comfortable you've gotten being able to sit in front of a microphone with a couple of guys like us and share your truth. It's just, it's beautiful, it's real. If this were a video podcast, I don't think people would be able to take their eyes off of you listening to you tell your story in the last episode. But what we got to do this week, what we got to do today is yeah, now we got to connect the dots. <clears throat> we got to unpack it a little bit. Yeah, we got to unpack it and, it and we got to look at it through the filters of financial sobriety because what I'm really curious to know, and, and I probably tried to interrupt a few times in the last episode because of this like gnawing curiosity that I have. The last episode? Yeah. And, oh. Well, specifically... In the last episode, <laughs> when Ace was telling his story, I really was curious to know how this whole experience has impacted these three very kind of complicated relationships that we all have, specifically your relationship with your finances and your money, your relationship with Teresa and you know who's your wife and, and your children and all the people that mean the most to you, and what this whole experience really did for that relationship you have with yourself and what you see in the mirror every day. So we can start with wherever you want to go with that, but I'm really curious to understand how this experience has impacted your life in the frame of those three relationships. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing process as well because every day really is different and every day is unique to itself and you know you hear live in the moment, you know one day at a time and it's never been more true for me. In retrospect, you look back on the things that have just occurred and you think of all the things that could have happened that didn't. Fortunately, thank God, and again, incredibly grateful for that. 
but the first person really is your spouse, significant other, in my case, Teresa. What does that look like to your wife? You're completely incapacitated. You're being wheeled into a room with tubes and hoses and bottles and stuff coming out of your body, and then you're being wheeled out when it's over, and what's the outcome? Nobody knows. You don't know. And I can only imagine if I was on the other side looking at that and how I would feel. I'd be terrified. Have you ever sat in a waiting room with a loved one in surgery? Not to that significance. Matthew, have you? Not, no, not to that significance either. So I have with my folks relative to multiple joint replacement and cornea transplant, mm. and it's pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. Even on something as rudimentary these days as joint replacement, I can, I can only imagine Teresa sitting there and, and kind of the order of magnitude that would come relative to the complexity of your surgery, that, that it's just time goes so slowly. You go down a lot of dark rabbit holes if you don't have some way to distract yourself, mm -hmm. right? I've only had surgery once and, oh, it's over. And I was in recovery and it was done, right? right? And that was just the meniscus. That's, you know, that's just body, you know, like dent repair on a car. I mean, have you and Teresa been able to have any conversation after the fact on what it was like in terms of from her perspective? Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, and part of that conversation is the what-if conversations. You know, what if it didn't go that way? Were we really prepared? We, we had a test to see how well we were prepared if something were to happen. And you go through that, and I had written things for, you know, the kids and for her, and we had discussions prior. But that's not the reality of what could have happened if it didn't go well. Okay, but we got to slow that down. You said you wrote, what do you mean you wrote stuff down? Well, you don't know if you're going to come out of it or not. Right. I mean, were these love letters or what? Yes. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just things that you want to say that maybe you're not going to get to say mm -hmm. if you don't come out of it. Mm -hmm. Sounds yeah. like some documents that might be just as important, if not even more important, than some of the legal and financial documents that I'm sure you've Which organized and put together, right? I mean, Prior to, yes. I mean, I, we, we've had some experience in this ballpark where, you know, one of the first talks you ever did that was recorded, 12-12-12, was that experience that when your brother passed away, how that whole experience happened for you and the lesson learned and how we've literally revamped our entire financial planning process around the fact of what Jeff's experiencing right now, that, yeah, the financial paperwork's important, but there's some other things that might be of equal yes. or greater so, importance. Mm -hmm. So much so much more important in the context of the relationship that you have with those that mean the most to you. Right? I'm so grateful we have that. Uh, for, for those in the conversation today that would like to see that talk that Jim gave, go to our YouTube channel, Financial Sobriety, and you'll see the video 12-12-12. It's about eight minutes. It is absolutely beautiful. And I would encourage you as soon as this episode's over to go take a peek because that really highlights what we're kind of getting on Jeff a little bit here to understand mm -hmm. more about. Keep the Kleenex handy. <laughs> and, and we've all got the experience, or m most of us, many of us, not everybody listening, of a, of a loved one passing. Mm -hmm. If it's a parent, you've got to deal with all the assets, the financial back end of that. And in many cases, you have no knowledge of most of that. So there you're going in blind. But when you have the ability because you're both aware and you're alert and you're able to prepare for that a little bit differently, that's significant. And we had that good fortune to say, oh, I, Teresa doesn't know all this stuff. What was, that, what was that conversation like for you two to do that prior to surgery? 
it was an easy conversation to technically go through, but it was a difficult conversation from an emotional standpoint because in the back of your mind, it keeps reiterating that. What if? What if? What if she really has to deal with this stuff? I, I hope she doesn't, but what if she really does? And did you take a good enough note on that? Did you get that password right? You <laughs> sure you got that right? <laughs> you understand how that works? Okay, let me show you again because you don't know. We always refer to it, you know, as financial planners, we refer to it as getting your financial house in order. Correct. There is nothing quite like the surgery that you were facing that is going to prompt you to get your financial house in order. It goes from a very back burner, low priority. Yeah, it's always important stuff, but it's there's never urgency not with urgent, it. It, it, right? it all of a urgent. sudden becomes yeah. urgent and now goes to front burner and it has to happen prior to a particular date because you're going into surgery. Correct. That, I can only imagine how how stressful that must be, but now that you're on the other side of it and you have your financial house in order, what's that like? It's not as well in order as you might have thought it was. Because so there's some action prior, items. So now you come out of it and you start going, what about that and what about that? Yeah. Oh, maybe we need to look at this a little bit differently. Not to mention my lifespan may have changed where we might have been looking at 85, 90. That's pretty cool. It may not be that. It may be 80. That gives us X number of years. Now we know I can pretty, pretty much put somewhat of a finite number on there to say, do we work within this realm? Hey, Doc, what's, what's an expectation on this? You know, get me out of the internet hole because you look at that and it's, <laughs> I've got five years left. Yeah. But, you know, what's the reality? What's a, a reasonable expectation? And then you want to be cautious on that. Maybe give it a little bit more because you don't want to come up short. I so, just I keep going back to the conversation that our friend Bo had from that one conference that mm -hmm. he went to, and they if were you could looking, live just another five years. If you can live on. another five years, oh yeah, the, way the game's going to change. And and right. so often when we're talking with clients and we're looking at okay, we're we're running we're running financial planning scenarios for them out to the age of a hundred, and I get all this pushback. Oh come on, no, I'm not going to live to a hundred. You may not. Hey, no, you may not. But uh, what, tell what me, tell if? me about your mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, my, my dad's ninety four. He still plays golf and you know drives. He does Meals on Wheels volunteerism <laughs> and you know drives around town. And you know my mother at ninety one is just unbelievable. I'm like, oh, so okay, so you're not going to make it to with all the advancements in technology and medicine, nanotechnology and, and mRNA and all the cool, amazing. Sure. I have no idea yeah. what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, we'll bring Rishi back in. He can answer all that for you. That that's not going to extend life a bit? Of course it is. Right. Absolutely. So that's in your context, Jeff. Even, even if your specific health situation today may have a, a limited shelf life on it. Shelf life. Who the heck knows relative right. to the medicine and the technology that's coming how that could change. Yeah, not, this, not to bring the dark side of doom and gloom back in here, but let's also remember what so much of our gratitude always is. What did you tell me, what did you tell us was the very first thing you're grateful for today? Today. Today. So yes, we can have this idea that I might have all of this time, but you've also, I mean, this whole incident that you had, this isn't like this gradually came on you. This happened one day you were great, one day you were not. Mm-hmm. Right. This was a sudden incident that I believe one of the gifts in it and how it happened for you instead of to you is in this conversation of your relationship with money and finances that perhaps you and Teresa, whatever is left on the to do list, 
could schedule that maybe sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Because although doctors could tell us, hey, live five more years and you're going to have all sorts of potential life expectancy looking looking at you, we all know that we could walk out the front door of the studio today and a baby grand piano could drop out of the sky and squish us like a bug and it's game over. No guarantees. Right? And if it's not game over, it could also be game changed dramatically. Game changer. Sure. Could, could be stroke. Could be... I can't work again. Correct. Something. Yeah, as dear friend of ours has said to me many times, there are things worse than death. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've been witness to yep. some of that. And good for you guys to take the action to get prepared prior to surgery. And let us know if you want any help in terms of the uh, the, <laughs> the pushing, the nudging, the gentle, the, gentle the, the gentle reminder and shove. Of go see your people. Yeah, of go see your people to get, get everything buttoned up. Because yeah, right. I mean, I, I go all the way back to June of 2001. Emily was about five months old, and we had all of our estate planning work done. I was 31 years old. Client after client would come in, and, you know, I would be talking with them about, you know, do you have your, your financial house in order in terms of, you know, a will and a trust and health care, durable powers of attorney for health care and financial affairs? And I'm like, uh, no. Okay. So what does it feel like? So, uh, Bob, you travel a lot for work, right? I sure do, Bill. Uh, what Do you ever have a little gnawing sensation somewhere when you get on that plane and you just kind of wonder? Every time I get on an airplane. 100%. That was always the answer. The, and the comfort and peace of mind that comes from having your stuff all buttoned up. And again, I get it. It's important, not urgent. It's back burner. Well, and the gift in this for Jeff is that it's become a little bit more urgent because you've had this incident in life. You've had this transition moment where mm -hmm. your life was kind of going in a certain direction that seemed to be, you know, comfortable. I don't want to say autopilot, but in a way, kind of comfortable autopilot. Mm -hmm. And then bang, you get hit square in the chest, literally and figuratively with a life-changing something, a life-changing transition that has completely put you for a while in this state of limbo. And, and how many people really look at the mortality on any given day? As you get older, maybe a little bit more, but at younger ages, 50 for sure, you're not thinking about mortality. No. 60, you might be starting to think about it. 70, man, it's getting a little close. I'm going to be 80 soon. I think unless you've gone through Agreed. some kind of major life transition, you know, for you, maybe that was the day Stevie died. Maybe. Oh, I, I definitely had a sense of mortality. I mean, After I, that, I immediately... I immediately went and had a heart scan. I paid out <laughs> of pocket to have a heart scan because I won't spill the beans. Go watch the video. That was fine. But yeah. it, it, it absolutely that was threw me moment. into action. Yeah. Yes. Right? You, you had your moment with what's happening here with your heart. I've had my moment. And when we look at these moments, as horrible as these moments are when we're going through them, the gift in the moment, the silver lining in the moment, is this new ability to truly have gratitude for this day that I have. And it also brings some of these financial issues that we've always known are important, but from an urgency standpoint, mm -hmm. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it, as you would say, I'll do it tomorrow. 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 Yeah. I just got back from tomorrow. Oh, you did? I did. Manana. Oh, Only they say it's manana. Oh, you know, yesterday was the today I was afraid of tomorrow. Right. That mindset when it comes to getting your financial house in order is usually the case. Yes. How many times have you and I met with a couple who one of the couples, one of the partners, is generally the family financial officer? 
right, is the chief financial officer for the family. They handle the money. Yes, always. There's always one for the most part. Sometimes, Not always. Some, most of the time. Sometimes that is by default, right? Neither are particularly that interested or have much experience at it, but by default in the relationship, that, that a job assignment's going to someone. Yeah, has that, to get done. that went to Amy when we were young. By default, neither of us were good at it. Neither of us knew anything about it. And she took the reins over as the responsible party in the relationship. Yeah. And we had a client in recently where uh, we're, we're going to develop this a little bit more, but the husband is the one that handles all the finances. And not to stereotype, but that that's generally, I'd say, the case, uh, sadly, is it tends to be in a heterosexual relationship. It tends to be the, the husband. I hate to stereotype this stuff. Well, in our experience, it has been. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's all we can speak from is right. our experience. Right. He shared a concept that he called the Smith transparency plan. And the transparency plan, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And much in the way that we credit uh, Andrea for our bag of crap analysis, we are going to credit Bob for the transparency plan. Because what it forced him to do was to sit down and put everything on a Google spreadsheet that he then sat down with his wife and went through it all so that she knew, as I always lightheartedly say, where all the bodies are buried. Right. You know, this is who you call for this. This is who you call for that. Here's where these accounts are. Here's where those accounts are. Here are the key passwords that you're going to need. Because not to continually tie this back to my brother, but after he passed, one of the biggest challenges we had, because he was single, he was a do-it-yourselfer, and he was all online. There was no paper, nothing. Where should we start the needle in the haystack? We don't know. Well, okay. Right. How do you okay, even get so, to honor his wishes if you don't know where to go to find the No stuff? statements, no paper, nothing. anything No to statements, look for, no paper. Okay, the laptop. Hmm, that's interesting. There's nothing on the laptop. We got into the laptop. Were there, was there even the cloud in 2012? There was no cloud. It was cloudy, but there was no cloud. <laughs> well, that's upstate New York. It was ultimately, in our case, it was hacking into his email. Because once we were able to hack into his email, which took weeks, and there's a great story there. Uh, I'm sure we've told it on in the studio before, but I've got his laptop. And I'm sitting there in, in our dining room. It's a Friday night, and I'm depressed as hell. My brother's died, but I got I, I, you know, to do this for him. Somebody's got to do this and figure this stuff out. So I'm like, well, let's try to hack his email. I try a couple of passwords that I thought might have been. I mean, I, he never gave me the password. So I get locked out. Yahoo email, too many attempts, <laughs> locks me out. So the next, I think it was, again, a Friday night. We weren't doing very much back then because I was just in such a funk. And I tried it again, and it for some reason it prompted me in the favorites questions. One of the things it asked was, "What is your favorite pet? Dog? No. Well, he loved his dog, Jewel. Okay, it's not dog. Okay, what is your favorite pet? He was a deer hunter. Deer? Yes. What is the name of your favorite deer? Mm. There's one. <laughs> right. Bambi. <laughs> oh my. Bambi. No way. Don't tell me that. Bing. Was it. Opened up the password to his Yahoo email. Wow which then were the keys to the kingdom on here's this statement, here's this statement, right. here's this statement, here's this da-da-da-da-da-da-da-do. But how often are, are we living in a world today where all of this stuff is in the cloud, everything is electronic, there are no paper statements. The environmentalists that are listening, forgive me, but I like paper statements. <laughs> I recommend paper statements. Yeah, I do not like digital statements for this very purpose, that if it isn't all 
buttoned up and nicely, neatly packaged and, and tucked away somewhere for someone, it's going to be a, a repeat of my brother's situation, which took us so much longer. You're already going through the heartache. You're already going through the tragedy of the loss. And now you have all this other additional stress that you're dealing with to help clean up the devastation that isn't necessary if your financial house is in order. And I, I know we have listeners right now that are the financial CFO of their family. And it's about as much fun to go sit down and talk about all this stuff like you had to with Teresa. Mm -hmm. But I implore you, if you're listening, to go do it and make it fun. Make a date out of it or get through it and then go on a date. Go do something fun and, and, and frivolous and lighthearted afterwards because it's a heavy conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But let's not have any more spouses out there floating around. If the unthinkable were to happen and Bob gets on an airplane and doesn't come home one day, that your financial house is in order. And when you said make it fun, I cringed a little bit because there's nothing I to me too. that's <laughs> fun about doing this. It's part no, of what's kept me from doing it for so many years. However, what has been helping Amy and me a little bit with getting our arms around our finances even more so than we have the last few years is that there are some pretty cool software out there. I get it. Put it all on paper. But there are some software, there are some apps out there that – you know, have gamified this whole process. Sure. We, we've been working with one recently called Truebill. It's wonderful. What I especially love about Truebill is they ask you up front, how much do you think this is worth paying us for? And they give you a suggestion for what the monthly subscription should be. They suggested seven bucks a month. I decided five. I'm allowed to set my own price of what I think this is worth, which I just thought was so cool. And it's on a little slide rule. That is a brilliant pricing model. Brilliant. And based on how much value this app has added to our lives, I'm going to up how much I'm paying them because I think it's worth more than what I'm paying them. Like 550? Maybe. I was thinking 565. Ah. Maybe. Maybe even 570. But the whole, it's not like it's it's a game from just we're taking something really serious and blowing it off and having some haha fun, but it just the way it visually does this and with the little slide charts and how you can adjust and set budgets and just get all of your finances in one place for you to both look at and have all of your financial information and aggregating into one center. Again, there's lots of different software out there. This is just one I've you been guys playing have, with. have found that you liked. Well, and, and what makes it even more fun for us is that I can do, you know, with my iPhone or my iPad, and because we have one of these smart TVs now, I can just hit a little button and the whole thing from my little tiny screen goes up on this big 65-inch thing we got hanging on our wall in our family room. And you automatically have a bigger budget now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? My budget grew from this little 5-inch screen to my 65-inch screen. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And unbeknownst to everybody outside, they're looking too because the screen is it's shining so big. through the window. Right. It's Look. so big. That's their assets. Yes. That is a big privacy screen you're going to have to get for that thing. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. Was there Now looking back at all this, Ace, is there anything you'd do differently? I would put it together differently, yes. And, would, and still, need, put, to, still would, need to do. I would put the, the necessary information together on a spreadsheet, like the Smith transparency, Truebill, whatever, whatever that document is, something that just codifies it so it's all there, yeah. easy access, no questions. Did I write that right? No. Oh, can she read my writing or can she read her own writing? Something's not working. 
with a little bit of information. Well, the, yes. the good news to that, Ace, is, and you've heard us say this before. Planting you, the and, tree. And you know what's coming out of my mouth. If the best time to do this was a year ago, the next yep. best time's now. Right. We'll do it now. Yes. I'm curious about something as it relates to your relationship with you. Mm-hmm. You get up in the morning, you go into your bathroom, you do whatever it is you do, brush your teeth, get ready, shave, come to see us here in studio. Has anything changed when you look at that person in the mirror and how you yes. view yourself? I, I know this is this is a super vulnerable question we're asking here, and I'm I'm hoping you'll yeah. let us have it with it. Yeah. Yes. You, you look and you go, I'm here. First of all, you say, I'm here. And am I fulfilling the expectation of the purpose for which I'm still here? And that sounds kind of heady. It's not quite, I'm, I'm verbalizing it and tell articulating me more. it yeah, differently. Tell me more. But you look and you say, I say, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing today? Or I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to be doing today. God, can you help me? I'm not sure why I'm here. I'm here. I've got a second chance. Is it all right? And I've had a few little complications that we've talked about. And it's like, why? Okay, what am I not getting? I'm still not getting it? Are you kidding me? What is it? And that's a big so it's it's picture effect, it's affected your question. self your self confidence a little bit every day, okay. every day, because there's an uncertainty and there there is a confidence. Okay, I know this for sure. I've got this for sure. But you you've got what for sure? Some of the basic elements, understanding of what you're going to do. Okay, question, that you're that you're on purpose. That you're on purpose. Right. That you're intentional. The big part of it is there. Yeah. It's the minutia or the day to day or the detail. Sure. But it's every day. And you look in the mirror and you see what's happened to you. It looks different. It's not the you you saw six months ago or eight months ago. You know, it's it's just, it's a different you. And I mean that in a variety of different ways, not sure. just the physical part, because that's that's a definite. But the you looking back isn't saying the same things. Mm. It's not saying, hey, today we're going to get up. We're going to see, okay, how much billing are we going to get? We got this, dot, 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 dot. Oh, and we're going to go for a ride and we're going to, you know, got did you get your exercise in? And oh, by the way, just the, the mental stuff that you go through to process on a given day. Now it's, a, it's, it's much shorter in terms of the process list. And it's, are you going to do what you need to do? And the question always is, are you doing what you need to do? So how do you now, knowing that there's been a little bit of a ruffling of the self-confidence with the day-to-day Am I doing what I need to do? How do you now protect your confidence? I'm going to take a step back on that and even go to protect your ego because you look at yourself and the self you knew had a different perspective on self than the self today. Okay. And it's back to that mortality. Today is a good day because you're here. There may be some nuances in the way you feel, but you're here. Okay, so now what do you do with today? And you've got your plan, you've got your little list and the stuff that needs to get done and you start going through all the things that you want to accomplish and then you get hit again with, wait a minute, that seems really familiar. Like you did that before, what are you doing differently today in gratitude, gratefulness, appreciation of the fact that you're still here? It's a challenge because there's then there's a guilt aspect of it. Well, I, I got all this other stuff I still got to get done. Everything didn't stop just because I had an, you know, an issue. I still got to get that done. So how do I manage all of it? And it's a, it's a struggle. It's it's still fresh. I'm 12 weeks out of this thing. Yeah. And it's a struggle. Does life feel faster or slower today? Interesting, you ask. It varies. It literally varies by day. 
some days go by, some months go by, and then others you get to savor. It's not like they drag, but you're you're in a different space. You're more aware of something, and you're you're really enjoying it as opposed to the things you've got to get done. I find that when I'm more present, things are slower, and when I'm not present, things go faster. And I think you just described that's that living in the moment where it, you're savoring it, you're recognizing it. I'm aware of what's happening. God, this is great. We're having a good time. You said it. You're 12 weeks mm-hmm. on the other side of this major life change. So this is going to take some practice, mm-hmm. and it's going to take some time to slow everything down. And even though this gift of I've got today and I wake up living one day at a time, it's understandable how you could very easily slip into going a million miles an hour the way I used to and not right. be as present. So I just I hope you give yourself a little grace and realize that if what you ultimately want is that ability to stay present and really slow time down and savor, if this is my last day, let's leave it all on the field and get the most out of it that we can. Just give right. your, hopefully give yourself some grace and realize that's going to take some practice of what that morning ritual of getting connected to your higher power, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and having that gratitude and a gratitude list and all those good things we've talked about here a lot on the show of what we do in the morning to give ourselves the best chance of having that presence throughout a day. Just be patient with yourself. And it is difficult, and we all tend to be very impatient. Uh, Maybe not everybody, but certainly that's me. Drivers. Correct. Right? Correct. And the the quintessential concept of the type A or the driver or the go-getter or the self-starter or the motivated or the... You you name which one. You pick your flavor. Correct. Uh, Yeah, I, you know... When my feet hit the floor this morning, I got stuff I got to do. Correct. Come on. Get out of my way. Don't you realize I'm a big deal? Huge. Right? And I really appreciated what you were saying in the in the context of I'm, I know I'm on purpose at a higher level with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but all those turn-by-turn directions in your day in terms of yeah, the detours. some guidance and some detours and some roadblocks and how do I make my way through that without necessarily reverting back to old habits and homeostasis. And it's so clearly evident when you do. It's not so clearly evident when you don't, but as soon as you're doing the same old, same old, it's, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing I said I was not going to do, I can't do, I've got to stop it. And that's the beauty of what we all get to learn here. Mm-hmm. is that we all have those moments. I thought that could happen to me this morning with Emily in the parking lot. You're going to have those moments where you catch yourself in old behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part of the financial sobriety journey is realizing that this is about progress, not perfection. And when we catch ourselves in those moments, we have a choice. We can course correct. Course correct, correct get the, the autopilot back on to get us back on track. We don't have to flush the day and go at, you know, at 11 o'clock in the morning when you catch yourself and go, oh, that's a shitty day. I'm just going to start over tomorrow. No, I'm going to do it right now mm-hmm. and give myself the grace to be human. Give yourself that space to be perfectly imperfect. Agreed. It's not easy. As you know, as you know. Simple, but not That's easy. correct. That's correct. Time, brother. With time, it'll happen. We love you. Thanks for being willing to be so open today. My pleasure. 
I think we all do what we do for the benefit of others. So if somebody's hearing what I'm talking about as they hear what you talk about, Matthew, or you talk about Jim, but if they hear that and it changes something they do, then we've accomplished it. It's a good day. Yes. Even if it's just one person. Yes. So what would you recommend to somebody that's listening? <laughs> they've been in their head the whole time. They've been oh, in their, they've own, been story, in their sure. own story the whole yes. time running the tape through Well. Well, geez, if that happened to me, what, what would I do? What would I do when this happened to me? This mm-hmm. is what I did, and what should I do? What action? And we need to actually rephrase that. When this happened for me, and we do it, we do it. Teresa and I talk about this all the time. It, it's that correction it happened for us. Let's figure it out. And if I'm giving an example of something to look at it from a different perspective, first of all, we're mortal. You don't get tomorrow as a guarantee. You don't get tomorrow as a guarantee stuff happens. And even the lesser things like resistance, whatever that resistance, it could be physical, could be emotional, could be literally just a physical step that something happens. We don't get to know that. But looking at it and being aware of it and understanding that things don't happen to us, they happen for us. And the willingness to accept the four part versus the two part is probably the biggest thing because then you look internally as to externally and blame that is absolutely beautiful thank you and with that my friends i'm gonna call it that's a wrap if you like what you heard leave us a review and be sure to subscribe and check out our website yourfinancialsobriety.com thanks again for listening today here to help you find more clarity confidence and capability along your journey into financial sobriety i'm matthew grishman and i'm jim gebhardt be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.